Um, Deuteronomy 6 and verse 12, just one verse to begin with. And then it's going to be verses 20 to 23. So Deuteronomy 6, verse 12 to start with. And this is um, Moses talking. He says, Take care that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And verse 20. When your children ask you in time to come, what's the meaning of the decrees and the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your children, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. But the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord displayed before our eyes great and awesome signs and wonders against Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in, to give us the land that he promised on oath to our ancestors. And the next reading is from Luke, and it's chapter 22, beginning at verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover meal for us, that we may eat it. They asked him, Where do you want us to make preparations for it? Listen, he said to them. When you've entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks you, where is the guest room where where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, already furnished. Make preparations for us there. So they went and found everything as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover meal. When the hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, take this, And divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. 
But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going as it has been determined. But woe to that one by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to ask one another which one of them it could be who would do this. Good evening, everybody. If I said, do you remember when? Where would you go in your head? Cheesy songs, we have some cheesy songs we remember when we remember. Family memories, perhaps, of overcoming adversity. A time when you were laughing or sad. Perhaps picturing a lovely meal or event or friends doing stuff together. The past is undeniably special for human beings. And often these are memories that have a deeper meaning because we might have been there. Or in the case of some family stories, we've heard them all so many times, we think we know them as well as if we had been there. And often these stories and experiences don't leave any physical traces behind. There certainly aren't books written about our birthday meals or the time we missed the plane going on holiday. But actually, our remembering tells us about the dynamics of our family and what's important to us. Our shared stories give us an identity and deeper connection with each other. And those experiences play forward into the present, developing our characters, influencing our choices and our values. We don't just have that sort of remembering, though, do we? We have other sorts of remembering, too. So we have national times of remembrance, and probably for us, our most notable is Armistice Day, when we remember those who sacrificed themselves for our present freedoms. And we mark it knowing that it shouldn't be forgotten. Lest we forget is the common phrase. But what is remembered in this case is human works and human losses, and we recall our gratitude for those things that have contributed to the lives that we can live now. But remembering is important in a life of worship too. The concept of being careful not to forget is deeply rooted within our faith. And this evening, I want us to focus on the remembrance that God calls us to, a remembrance which forms part of our worship for life, a remembrance which is focused on what Jesus has done and who he is. And in the context of communion, we'll explore a little around the why and the what of the remembering in our faith. So why should we remember one of the reasons remembering is important in a life of worship is because God commands it. And today's readings are specific examples of that, aren't they? That very first one, verse 12 in Deuteronomy 6, take care that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. 
And did you notice that verse? We say it, we say it in our communion service, but in Luke 22, verse 19, then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, Jesus, this is, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You don't have to look very far in the Bible, though, before you find that it isn't just mentioned specifically in verses, but actually remembering is a theme. Remembering what God has done is a theme. And why do we do that? Because by remembering what God has done, we learn more about who God is. By remembering more what God has done and who God is, we join with that past experience of the people of God. And by doing that, entering into that, we too are changed in the present. So we're going to focus looking on uh, Luke 22 um, and just looking really in two sections, but a few verses of each of those sections. And that, the, the, the passage we've read starts with then came the day of unleavened bread on which the lamb had to be sacrificed we might be familiar with this story and we pick it up as Jesus' disciples were preparing for the Passover and we may be so familiar with this um, and similar passages that we don't actually pause it's often part of the, the readings that we have in Easter week and perhaps it's an area that we spend less time naturally thinking about. But for the people of Israel, the story of the exodus from Egypt was the most important story they knew. It was a story who shaped who they were, their sense of identity and their sense of God. It was to be told by parents to their children and the story was remembered and celebrated again and again annually in the festival of the Passover. But although this story took place in the past, this event had taken place in the past, it wasn't only seen as a past event, one that had relevance for now and importance in the here and now, not just that it had happened and was important then. I don't know if you have celebrated uh, a Passover-type meal yourself. Some of us here, as All Saints, will have had that privilege during Easter week to be celebrating a Passover-type meal. You've probably got good memories if you can remember the liturgy, so I'll just remind you. There's a, a little part which is taken from the Torah which says, it was not only our ancestors that the Holy One blessed to be God, redeemed. Us too, the living, God redeemed together with them. So in celebrating the Passover, Jesus and his disciples were not only remembering the past work of God for those past generations, but the ongoing work of God for them as Redeemer. One of the other things you might remember if you celebrated a Passover-type meal is the presence of four cups of wine drunk at specific times. And these signify different elements of God's promises. The cup of sanctification representing the word meaning, I will bring you out. The cup of telling the story of deliverance for the word 
I will rescue you. The cup of redemption for I will redeem you. And the cup of completion for I will take you as my people. The story of the people of Israel leaving Exodus has different parts. It's a story of people being in bondage, trapped. Do you remember they were in slavery? It's a story of liberation. God rescued them through the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. And then there was that journey, that long journey of 40 years. And a destination, the promised land, symbolically the place of God's presence. So celebrating that Passover for Jesus and his disciples was more than an invitation to think about the past, to remember the good times. It was a call to remember that it was God who rescued and freed them, God who redeemed and adopted them, and then to let their lives be shaped by it. And this sort of remembering sought to give a perspective which was shaped by God's words and actions so that lives of greater discipleship resulted. So that was the context. That was what was understood by those disciples as Jesus was asking them to go and do the preparations for the Passover feast. And it's important, I guess, to understand what that meaning was as we come into that next part of the passage. When I was reading uh, some different Bibles and translations uh, this week around this, um, there were some Bibles where chapter verse sorry, 14, probably, above verse 14, it says, the institution of the Lord's Supper, or words to that effect as though it was a completely separate thing from what had gone before. And just like sometimes verses and chapters change at funny times and give a different meaning, I thought it was worth just reminding ourselves, I suppose, that the next bit when Jesus is talking about the bread and the body wasn't a different thing. It was the Passover being celebrated by Jesus and his disciples after the Passover had been prepared. So it was, they'd done the preparation and now they're having the Passover celebration. And in verse 14 it says, When the hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. During that Passover celebration, the unleavened bread was broken in two, reminding the people of the bread of affliction, as it was called, which their ancestors ate when there was no time for the bread to rise before they left Egypt in a hurry. But this time, when Jesus broke the bread and gave thanks, it was different. Verse 19 says, Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
These weren't the words that the disciples would have expected to hear with the breaking of the bread in the Passover meal. And again, as he blessed the cup, it was different. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. These weren't the words associated with the blessing and the drinking of the cups in the Passover meal. Perhaps with hindsight, the disciples might have understood what Jesus said as, at this time when you were celebrating Passover, whenever you broke the bread, it reminded you of that bread of affliction which your fathers ate in Egypt. But from now when you break the bread, let it remind you of the breaking of my body which is going to take place on the cross. Before, when you drank the cup, you thanked God for your redemption from being brought out of slavery from Egypt. But from now, when you drink, thank God for your redemption from sin, from being freed from sin. Do this no more in remembrance of leaving Egypt, but in remembrance of me. At the time it happened, I'm sure it wasn't clear to them, They were having the experience in the here and now and making sense of it afterwards. Uh, We often still find ourselves in that situation where we have an experience and we make sense of it afterwards. So now, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we remember we are invited to identify ourselves with Jesus' death and resurrection and its meaning. And that's repeated for each new generation of believers who begin their spiritual life in and through the sacrifice of Jesus, his life and death and resurrection. It's a testimony to faith and a call to focus our hope in Jesus. A past event which has present reality. It's timeless in its impact and is relevant to every generation, because through it we meet the risen Christ and we are changed. The head and heart knowledge of being released and free from stuff that holds us back, the head and heart knowledge of experiencing Jesus as the one who redeems and has made us his own through his love, that changes us. So remembering as part of our life of worship is there because God has asked us to. And we learn more about him by remembering. And remembering, holy remembering, what God has done and who God is changes us. The disciples' reasons for remembering and celebrating Passover as an act of worship didn't change but what they were remembering did in this year the year that they were with Jesus they celebrated Passover commemorating the the leaving of Egypt the next year they celebrated Passover through the lens of the new covenant celebrating what Jesus had done and accomplished for his people through his life and death and resurrection. So as we come to communion and our preparation for it, we will be remembering 
that it was through his sacrifice when Jesus gave his life for us and in his death and resurrection that he conquered the power of sin and death. We remember that through the giving of his body and blood, Christ did take us from that place of bondage, being trapped by those things in our lives, and liberated us from their power. We remember that through his blood, a new covenant with God is in place, and we are redeemed. And we remember that not only are we forgiven, but raised to new life by receiving God's gift and can now walk in fellowship with him. And in remembering, we are changed as meeting with the risen Jesus makes us more like him in that moment and as we step forward from that place. In remembering Christ's sacrifice, our kingdom journey has begun, but the final destination may still be to come. So I guess to sum up, that's a long way around the subject and I hope it gives some things to think about this week. Whether it was celebrating the Passover, the story of the Exodus, or the further work of Jesus on the cross, The reality is that humanity is a distance from God and through the generations upon generations, God has reached out and God has reached out once and for all in Jesus. We know that we need God. God's actions, and it is God's actions with his people, speak about new beginnings. New beginnings that can only be brought about by God. And while the Passover and the communion, the Lord's Supper, both speak of liberation from bondage, it is only Jesus' death and resurrection that completes it, that takes it away. Because we have a new covenant, we have a hope for the future, and we're not caught up in this static cycle of sin and guilt and forgiveness because we're on a journey, a journey of liberation through the gift of Jesus and a journey of homecoming towards God. So don't be reluctant to take a trip down memory lane and say, do you remember when? Remembering shapes us. What we remember changes our present and our future. And in our faith lives, is integral to our lives of worship. Amen.